Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with multi-business owner and founder Colin Sandberg. These days, he is a multi-business owner and founder of Finn Elevate. This NBA-led strategic finance firm helps business owners use their numbers to make money rather than simply better categorizing their expenses. As CEO and owner of manufacturing, distribution, and service businesses, he developed a passion for demystifying small business finance and supporting fellow entrepreneurs in achieving their dreams. Enjoy this interview. Well, cool, man. It's great to meet you. And I want to begin our conversation with surviving the last three and a half years or so. How did you get through the pandemic and how did it change you? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Thanks for having me on, Joe. So, you know, the pandemic. So, I one of my businesses I own, actually, two of them are uh, airport related. One of them, my very first business, was uh, in the airport manufacturing of airport conveyors. So, like what you claim your bag off of. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, you know, the pandemic uh, was brutal, brutal for the airline industry, brutal for many industries. We had kind of that in-between ground. We weren't really shut down uh, by regulation, like movie theaters and some of those types of, of businesses, but we basically went to zero practically. And so, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's been really tough. I'm, I'm tied in with a lot of entrepreneurs. I know that a lot of them survived off of PPP money, uh, ERC money, you know, just the things the government was doing to help, you know, fund businesses. But, you know, that that money has run out now. And so that's been a really hard shift for people. They haven't maybe taken off the way they were hoping they would post pandemic. And so I think the biggest thing for me is just, you know, really, really look at your cash, really, really project it out as far as you can. You know, every uh, receivable you've got, slot it into the next handful of weeks when you think you're going to get it. Same thing with your bills, same thing with your payroll and see how it's going to shake out and at least, at least get ahead of, you know, what you're, what you're expecting. Yeah. So let's get a handle on exactly what you do for a living. So I'm going to put you in front of a bunch of third graders. It's career day. And one of the kids says, hey, what do you do for a living? How do you answer them? Yeah. So that's uh, that's another really good question. So I'm a, a multi-business owner. So my first business I started out in is manufacturing, um, bought into a second manufacturing business, ended up buying a, a distribution-based uh, business, and now ultimately have started a financial services company. So the businesses are varied, but really what I do for a, a living is you know, I own businesses. I work with the CEOs of those companies and just try to help them get better. And that's really... I mean, that's what I love is that owning businesses is kind of like a never-ending puzzle. Yeah. Every time you think you get something figured out, the puzzle changes. And so it you know, keeps you on your toes and keeps you fresh. So how did this start? So I know you're in Fort Worth right now. Where were you born and raised? And how did these seeds of being an entrepreneur grow into you opening? This just isn't something a lot of people do have this like pursuit. There's a lot that goes into that. So how did this become your passion and pursuit? Yeah, well, I'll tell you. So I'm from the Fort, uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area. So uh, my wife is from Fort Worth, which when we got together, she said, so which part of Fort Worth are we going to live in? <laughs> um, and so that's how I ended up here particularly. But I'm from the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And I'll tell you, you know, looking back, I now see I had kind of a classic entrepreneur story. I was, I, I always say I was a bad kid. You know, I got in trouble, had terrible grades. I was just disengaged. You know, I just didn't care. I just, I wasn't bought into kind of the way school was working and, and, you know, really uh, checked out on that. I, I excelled at my jobs from the time I was 14, 15, you know, always had a job, always, always really focused on that. And so when I got out of high school, I didn't go off to college. And I really had always felt like that was the the kind of pinnacle of, you know, social and and just what I wanted to do with my life. And so to miss out on that, 
Now, mind you, my my dad had a PhD, my mom had a master's degree. So, you know, to to not be going to college felt like this big, you know, setback in my life. And so it just kind of motivated me to see, you know, what else is out there. And I actually, believe it or not, came across a a magazine, Inc. magazine. I was sitting at a job interview, I was waiting in a conference room, waiting for the person to come in and interview me. And here's Inc. Magazine laying on the table and I just pop it open, have no idea what it is, never read it before and start flipping through it. And there was an article about a guy and it really just, without going into the details of the article, it, it brought to light that in this game of entrepreneurship, you can take your own life into your hands. Yeah, You can really own your own destiny and your own fate. And that really, I mean, it, it hit me like a thunderbolt at that moment. I was like, this is what I'm going to do with my life. And so you know, I, uh, from that moment forward, just looked around who was the person nearest me who had a business where I could go and learn and, and really do what I would recommend for anybody in, in that early stage of their entrepreneurial career is it's not about making money at that point. It's about what are you going to be exposed to and what opportunities you're going to get to learn, not opportunity to go up, uh, make a lot of money, any of that kind of stuff. It's opportunity to see it and really get what it's all about. And so uh, from the moment I did it, I was hooked and that was it. So who's been a hero for you, an inspiration? Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, I'm not huge on on one person as an inspiration. The way I like to look at it is, and I'm a, I'm a big reader, I'm a big, you know, studier. I like, I like some of the history. Uh, I'm, I'm a really big nonfiction guy. I have a hard time getting into fiction. Yeah. Um, but I like to take a, a character trait of people. You know, you could take a Teddy Roosevelt, somebody who had an incredible energy, I mean, that guy was like a mile a minute dictating to two different people while taking a meeting. I mean, he was just, he was a wild man in terms of his work output and his passion for what he was trying to accomplish and also approached it with like really high-minded ideals. Yeah. Um, and so I can appreciate that about Teddy Roosevelt. And then I can look at Richard Branson and say, man, this guy has cracked the code in terms yeah. of, I always say entrepreneurial lifestyle is what I'm after. And I say it's more about the life and less about the style. So in other words, it's not about you know fancy cars and all the kind of garbage you see on social media. It's about what, what's your actual life like? And man, Branson seems to have really cracked that code. And, and uh, <laughs> even other billionaires are, are looking at him like, man, this guy's got it figured out. Yeah. Well, I always like the stories of Warren Buffett going to the same McDonald's and having the same Oldsmobile and living in the same house in Omaha. I mean, there's a quality of life that's that's really what it's all about. That's a good point, you know. Well, and and what I love, yeah, what I admire so much about Buffett among many other things obviously is his passion for reading and his and and that he's basically said, you know, I really do two things. You know, I I read and I allocate money. And I've realized that the, I focus more on reading and I rarely allocate money. But when I do, I make sure it's the right move. And so yeah. he's kind of in that opposite of Teddy Roosevelt, right? He's saying like, hey, it's not about crazy activity for my role. Right. It's about one touch every so often and it, making sure it's the right one. And so yeah. anyway, yeah, I, I love that too. Admire that. Admire the heck out of that. Yeah. So let me ask you this. If you can meet one person alive on the planet right now and spend some time with them, who would it be? One person alive on the planet. You know, um, wow, that's a really good one. I mean, I could answer the uh, someone historical easier than someone alive, you know? Well, uh, <laughs> no, that's fine. We can open the door to ghosts. That's fine. Okay. So if we're going ghosts, um, you know, I'll take Lincoln. I mean, I know that's probably a, a classic answer a ton of people take. 
but just a fascinating character, you know, and the thing that, um, that I love about him is a guy who had the most quiet confidence, you know, a guy who had been a one-term congressman and believed he could run the country. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's profound. When you talk about the depth of confidence and someone who had been through depression, been through a lot of those kind of struggles that are now modern day understood, but back then you were just chalked up as a crazy person. Yeah. And so to have gone through that and still have the quiet confidence to say, I can do this. Yeah. Um, that to me is like the ultimate superpower. So I, I would, I would just want to sit down and have an interesting conversation with that guy because, yeah. you know, you got to imagine it'd be, it'd be a good time. And he was a heck of a storyteller. So oh, for sure. Take that as well. <laughs> yeah. So you've mentioned a lot of these people that are obviously highly driven. So for you, what is that? What gets you out of bed? What gets you to do this work of, of, employing people and taking care of business and evolving as well. How, how does that work? What's the inspiration? You know, I, I love that. Um, I've heard the saying, and I don't know if you've heard this, but somebody, uh, I, maybe it was even like Matthew McConaughey said, hey, the, you know, the future version of me is who I'm up against. Yeah. And it was kind of this notion that you know, wherever I am, I'm not where I, I can be. And so wherever I can be is what drives me, right? Yeah. And, and we don't even know where all we can be, right? But, it, but all those people that I brought up, I mean, part of what's so fascinating about them and part of what I love about uh, small businesses, entrepreneurship in general, is this kind of vision casting element where it, no one can tell you that your vision is wrong because the whole point of it, it's a vision, right? It's yeah. not, you're not saying that the, the sky is green today. Um, but when you cast a vision and if that vision is for a, a better, more developed version of you, then that's that to me is the fun journey. So it's really, I mean, to me, I'm driven by, I want to go to bed smarter every day than I woke up. And I believe if I keep doing that, then I will eventually reach a great you know, future vision of me. But that's what gets me fired up is, is just the development, the growth. And, and I know that, you know, hey, we're going to have setbacks. We're going to have detours along the way. Those are part of what's going to make me better. Yeah. And so it makes it a lot easier to stomach that and get up and just get fired up like, okay, you know, I, one of the things I love to say in, in, when I write, reach a challenge is there's someone in the world that could make this look easy right now. Yeah. So if that's true, then the gap here is not about the situation. It's about that I don't have those skills yet. And yeah. so that, that just inspires me to keep going on that learning path. So what's the best advice you've ever gotten? Um, you know, some of the best advice I've ever gotten in, in my career, I would say, um, I had a I had an early mentor who's still in my life. Um, he's I think going to retire soon, but he's he was my CPA, believe it or not. I have like a magical relationship. I mean, <laughs> we tell each other we love each other. I give him hugs. I mean, he's like a crazy uncle to me. Um, but he told me one of the most profound things, and I was in my early twenties, and I made sure to tell my kids this the minute they could they could learn. Basically, as I said, you know, he told me that you're in control of your mind. You know, and and that thought that there was a disconnect between my mind and the way that it worked and kind of me as this power that's in charge of what I'm doing was kind of a very foreign concept. I've never thought of anything like that before he said it. But as he explained it to me, it was, hey, you know, you're in charge of what you put in your mind, you're in charge of where you let your mind go, you know, you're in charge of that journey within your own mind. And that we can lose sight of that. We all do. But when we're doing our best, I believe we're growing is when we're really intentional with what we're doing with our mind. And, and that, you know, that changed me. I mean, at the time I wasn't a big, a prolific reader. I wasn't really focused on, on, you know, developing myself and thinking about it that way felt like it gave me a different uh, lever to pull. 
as an avid reader, what was the first early book that you read that really either made you want to read more or just had a profound impact that you've gone back to? Man, this is going to sound so corny, Joe, because it's I'm sure it's like half of everybody, every entrepreneur. I read Good to Great in 2005, 2006. And at the time, I was running a small struggling business. And this hedgehog concept changed my life. I mean, it really did. I looked at our business and said, man, 70% of what we're doing, we're, we're mediocre at best. And we're playing this big boy game as a teeny tiny little company. 30% of what we're doing, we're the best at. We're the yeah. best there is. And I said, what if we made a whole company out of that? And so when I took over my first company, that's exactly what I did was I basically scrapped 70 plus percent of our revenue, focused the energy on the third that was left. And I said, hey, I'm, I'm going to wake up every day and figure out how to make that you know, us the best in the world at that. And so that kind of concept of, you know, what drives your economic engine? What do you have the the passion for? And what can you be the best at? You know, that really uh, changed my whole world. And, and, and you know, that was obviously a, a breakthrough book for a lot of entrepreneurs. So let's say you have a dream tonight, you run into the 20 year old version of you, and you could give that young version a piece of advice based on the life you've lived, the wisdom you've gained. What advice yeah. would you impart on that young version of you? The twenty-year-old version, you know, hadn't discovered entrepreneurship. Um, the twenty-year-old version, I would, I would just say, hey, there's a, there's a path out there. You know, you need to look into entrepreneurship. There's a path. You know, don't leave it to uh, being left in the conference room and hoping you find that magazine. Right? Yeah. Go out there and look at. There's a, there is a version of life where you can take life by the reins and you can control your own destiny, and you know, shape up, get your mind tight. You know, that's one of the things I, I tell. You know, I, I coach a lot of kids. I'm in have kids in that age right now where we're coaching, and I'll say that to other kids, like, "Hey, man, get your mind tight." Like you, yeah. you see people losing it, the frustration, the, and so for me, it was get your mind tight in terms of believing that you can take this, take control of this, because I felt like I was kind of twisting in the wind at 20, and by 23, 24, my my world was lit on fire. You know, I was going 100 miles an hour every day. You know, dreaming about business. I mean, just have been obsessed with it ever since. So, of all the things that you've done professionally, what are you the proudest of? I'm the proudest of uh, developing my own interpersonal skills. So, you know, that was one thing that I struggled with pretty early. I think, like a lot of very driven people, I can be short with people. I can be, you know, easily easy to frustrate, easy to kind of uh, have that short leash. And so to to learn how to control that and be more uh, thoughtful about, because I've always loved people. And for me, that kind of shortness, that bluntness comes out of frustration. And the frustration comes out of seeing the disconnect between where things could be versus where they're stuck. And, you know, and feeling like, man, if there's a reason we could have just prevented that, what would that have meant? And so, you know, really developing and having to do some soul searching. I went to the Dale Carnegie course. I recommend that for everyone. That Dale Carnegie course is magic. It's absolutely magic. And so I went through that course and and came out of it with the the highest award for achievement, which is kind of their, you know, class honor. One person from each class gets it. Uh, Warren Buffett, that's the one thing on his office wall he's talked about is that he has his highest award for achievement from the Dale Carnegie course. Yeah. And so that for me, I think would be the biggest one is really diving into that part of me and not just making it all about the technical data and numbers and all the stuff that interests me intellectually, but really focusing on myself. So Colin, everyone out there has a perception of you. There's all these pockets of people, family, friends, your, your employees, your, your uh, contemporaries, but you run the show. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? 
Yeah, I think I'm, uh, like I said, I think I'm passionate about learning. Um, I think I've got a ton of, of mental potential. I think that I'm, I'm kind of a classic visionary that I can get, um, I can get in my own way sometimes, get it, get too deep into my own brain. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm somebody who believes I'm kind of a, a terminator toward those goals, you know, I'm, I'm coming for it. So I, I just, I believe that, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to do some big things. It's not about getting credit for those things. It's about figuring out the win of being very successful in business, being a great dad. I take off a lot of time. I dedicate, I mean, I took my kids to school this morning. Like I do every morning, you know, yeah. I get home as quickly as possible. I coach all their teams if they want me to, you know, so trying to win on every level. And I believe that'll mean that I won't be earth shatteringly successful probably on any level, but across the table, you know, that's it wanting to be something my kids are proud of. So if anyone wants to reach out, learn more about you, anything about your world, where can they go? Yeah. Easiest thing is LinkedIn. So I'm on LinkedIn all the time. You know, I, I love LinkedIn. Uh, doesn't have some of the, the, the toxic, crazy stuff that yeah. other social media has, but uh, it still has enough good stuff to keep you interested. So yeah, just look me up, Colin Sandberg on LinkedIn or my website for the, the company I'm currently working on is finelevate.com. So those right are the two easiest. Cool. Colin, this has been great. Thank you for your story. Thank you for your time and have a great 2024. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. Our esteemed theme music was composed and produced by the great E.E. E. Pointer of Kansas City's River Cow Orchestra. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. <music>